welcome to episode two of Team Brit Talks. Team Brit aims to be the first all-disabled team to race in the Le Mans 24 hour and supports people with physical and psychological challenges in accessing motorsport through its racing academy. On the show, we'll be talking all things Team Brit, meeting the drivers, crew, friends and sponsors and discussing the issues at the centre of inclusion in motorsport. I'm Lucy Sheehan, part of the team management, and today I have the pleasure of talking to Team Brit driver Matty Street, who'll be racing in the Brit Car Championship this year in our BMW M240i. 24-year-old Matty was diagnosed with dyslexia, dyspraxia and Asperger's, a form of autism, when he was at school. At the age of 12, he discovered karting, which had a huge effect on him and helped him manage the challenges that Asperger's can cause. He won a £30,000 scholarship to go racing at the age of 14, which opened doors to the expensive world of motorsport. He studied motorsport engineering, then went on to secure a degree. At the age of just 19, he raised investment to buy out the business he was working in, Rochdale's Team Karting, so now owns the UK's highest rated karting track. He has since launched four more businesses, all in the world of karting, including X-Kart, importing high-end Italian-made go-kart chassis to the UK. Team Karting has won an award for being autism-friendly, and Matty has helped introduce numerous autistic children to karting, some of which are now racing outdoors. Today, we're going to talk about the challenges around autism and employment, and look at how changes could be made to support people with autism into careers. Hello, Matty. Hello, are you okay? Yeah, good, thank you. So that's quite a long introduction for someone who's only 24. <laughs> yeah, I um, I forget how much I've achieved in such a short space of time until it's sort of broken down like that. Yeah, well, it's, it's great, to, great to read out, great to, to write about and uh, something I hope you're really proud of. Um, so thanks for talking to us today. Um, you're one of the busiest people I know, so I, I really appreciate your time. Um, and as you know, it's Autism Awareness Week, so it's a really good time for us to talk about you, your personal experiences growing up, um, but also your thoughts as a business owner and an entrepreneur. Um, the Office of National Statistics recently released a report that showed only around 21% of people with autism are actually in employment. Does that come as a shock to you at all? Um, no, not really. When you, I suppose when you fundamentally look at how a recruitment process is done, you know, whether it's a phone interview or nowadays a Zoom interview or something like that, um, someone on the spectrum has to come across great, you know, at, at the first time of meeting someone and the whole process is sort of stacked up against them. You know, there's no sort of soft introduction or um, a familiarisation meeting where you can meet the person that you're going to be interviewed by or X, Y, Z. You're just sort of thrown in at the deep end and then judged on how you come across. So it's, you know, you're sort of going in with one hand tied behind your back to start with, I suppose. Yeah. And do you remember when you were coming out of um, school and your teachers knew that you had these conditions that you know, pose different challenges to you. Were you given any support in terms of how to go about finding a job? No, not really. Not in terms of how you can sort of come across, you know, in the best version of yourself being on the spectrum. It was more just your generic kind of, you know, um, preparation for working life, I think the course was called, you know, where you learn how to write a CV and so on. Um, but nothing in terms of how what coping mechanisms can I put in place with my autism to 
excel during an interview if you like yeah and i suppose that people with autism perhaps don't have um the sort of natural ability to deal with the social challenges of an interview or meeting someone you don't know um so what tell us about what happened with your your career then matty how did it get started and, and what jobs have you been in since you left school um yeah well now i actually think about it i've never had an interview for a job um the only interview I can recall is when I was going to university and had to be interviewed by my lecturer. Um, aside from that, I, I worked at a football club um, and I got that job purely just through, you know, hanging around as a, te- as a, a, you know, a 14, 15 year old, hanging around and being there most weekends and then gradually got given jobs to do. And then before I knew it, I was on the payroll. Um, so that was my first job. My second job, I then worked for my mum doing a little bit of marketing and admin. Again, I didn't really apply for that job. I just sort of started helping and then it became a job. Um, and then even for Team Karting, the, the track that I now own, I didn't get, um, I originally started working there as a part-time marshal. Um, I didn't even get interviewed for that job. I went down for a karting session with my friends, um, got speaking to the staff and the manager there, and before I'd left, was offered a job. Um, so yeah, I've been quite lucky in that respect. You obviously made quite an, quite an impact there. So what may, what drove you to try and reach and uh, secure the investment you needed to buy out the business? How did you go from being a, a part-time marshal to owning the business that you are now? Um, everyone on the spectrum says, you know, they have some kind of superpower, whether it's, you know, an, an obsession with trains or um, a certain football club. I, I always say that my superpower is um, motorsport and, well, more specifically, karting. Um, and no matter what it is to do with that subject, I go all in. Um, so with team karting to get the job initially, obviously I was in an environment I was in, I was comfortable with and I was able to talk about a subject and a, you know, a sort of industry that I'm very knowledgeable of, which all came across great when I was going for, you know, when I was chatting to the rest of the team there, which allowed me to get the job. Um, and then sort of moving on from that to be able to secure investment. Again, it was the same thing. It was, you know, my, my passion and my knowledge was really able to shine through which ref- reflected in a positive light when we was trying to raise investment. Um, that whole process can be, you know, so difficult and there's a lot of no's and a lot of, oh, you know, you seem a little bit too young and so on and so on. Um, so we sort of use that to our advantage. We knew walking into a room with investors, the first thing they're going to think is, oh, you're, you're quite young and inexperienced. So they're going to have a negative sort of mindset to start with. So we played on that and we used that to our advantage to say, look, I'm only this eight, I'm only 19 at the time look what I've achieved so far, look what I'm wanting to do and sort of twisted that misconception on its head, if you like. That's amazing. And I know that um, supporting people with autism and uh, raising awareness, helping parents understand is something that drives you now. Um, you're an autism ambassador for uh, national charities. You you help Team Brit with the Racing with Autism karting team. Why is that part part of your your career and your time as a racing driver so important to you you know without it sounding cheesy it's literally changed my life i i have no doubt that if i didn't get into motorsport i wouldn't be the person or in the position i am today you know i I would be that um really shy timid self-conscious teenager um whereas through motorsport i've been able to grow grow in confidence massively and sort of in an, an egotistical kind of way. So, you know, I'm the best at what I do and I'm quite comfortable saying that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that, that sort of, 
that comp- that level of confidence that has been able to grow purely just through getting into motorsport, have then been able to transfer into everyday life, which is why I feel it's really, really important that we do everything we can to help people that are going through the same struggles I did to find you know their passion, whether it's motorsport or whatever, to be able to then go all in on that and then hopefully pursue a career. And would you say that it's that passion for something and that real focus that people with autism often have that you can switch to a positive because everything about you and everything about your story is so positive and I know that wasn't always the case when you were a lot younger um, but anyone meeting you would probably never believe that you had any um, any learning disabilities any sort of mental health conditions that you had to live with so you really switch that round and do you think that's possible for anyone? Yeah definitely so my my sort of background going through school um only my closest friends knew that I was autistic and had dyslexia and so on and so on. Um, you know, then moving into college and university, I didn't really talk about it with my friends or other people I was around. Then even starting part-time at Team Carton, and whilst we were going through the process of setting up our own company, it was never something really that we talked about or that I advertised, if you like. It was then when I came across someone who reminded myself a lot of me called Sandro, who's, you know, as you know, Sandro now races with, E-team Brady races on the X-Cart race team. Um, and I saw sort of the struggles he was going through making the transition from primary school to secondary school. And I really related to those kind of, you know, the the problems and the insecurities that he was having. So I was able to talk to him from my perspective, how I felt and what, you know, going through that process and be able to relate to him a little bit, which made things feel a little bit better for him. Um, after sort of seeing that, I was like, wow, this story has a lot of power and a lot of influence. We need, you know, I bet there's hundreds of people like Sandro that could do with knowing this kind of thing. And then we sort of thought, okay, let's push this out a little bit. Um, And then even from sort of a parent's perspective, you know, um, as a parent who's just had a diagnosis of their child, you know, you've got questions like, are they going to be able to live together? Are they going to be able to, you know, live independently? Are they going to get the GCSEs? Are they going to be able to find a girlfriend? All these different kind of worries go through your head. Um, and I'm sort of be able to stand there and go, look, I was in a similar position. This is what I had to go through, but this is what I'm achieving now. And that has a great impact on people sometimes. Absolutely. And I think other businesses probably have quite a lot to learn about how you've approached things because talking to, I've spoken a lot to um, the mum of Bobby Trundley, our other autistic driver on the team. And she says that Bobby sort of falls into a grey area when it comes to employment because they can't hide the fact he's autistic. So they put it on a CV and she feels that sometimes that means they don't even get through the door. And then, like you say, if he is through the door, uh, an interview completely throws him and he, and he can't um, function in the way that he wants and he can't get his true self across. So you've actually built some different recruitment practices into your own business. So explain to us what you do so that you make that a lot easier for somebody who might be having those challenges. Yeah. Um, so you, you're quite right, you know, in terms of the certain people that, you know, need a lot of additional help and support to cater to their needs. So you have to be upfront and sort of say, look, I am autistic. These are the kind of issues I have. These are the kind of things that would really, really help me. Or then you even get people who, like you say, don't necessarily talk about it up front and sort of micromanage the situations themselves. And But then, like I say, once they've had a, got through the door and have an interview, um, you know, it can sort of all go crumbling down from there. Um, so again, looking at the problem, we sort of gone, okay, how can we flip this on its head? 
Um, and obviously, we have the a counting track at our disposal, and not many people do. So we um, we're able to sort of say, okay, let's use it to its our advantage. So what we do is anyone who applies um, with a CV, if they look like they've put effort into it and you know a little bit of enthusiasm and passion, we invite them all in and we have um, a counting recruitment day, if you like. Um, everyone goes on the track, meets the staff. Uh, we order some pizza in and just generally have a fun sort of time, which sort of breaks down some of the barriers of insecurity of them, you know, they're being judged or they've got to conform a certain way or say a certain thing. All of that goes out of the window and we just get to see, you know, the, the person within, if you like. And what has that resulted in? Have you taken on people with autism to work for your business? Yeah, well, we, we've had um, probably three or four people on the spectrum come through the ranks. And a couple of them, similar to myself, didn't even make it known at the time that they were on the spectrum until, you know, much later on, you know, three or four months after them being hired. So it shows that that sort of worked because um, we didn't necessarily go out to hire autistic people. Um, it was more just a, I hate looking through CVs. This is a much better way of doing it. <laughs> um, you know, in turn of doing that, it then also became a more inclusive way to recruit because the social aspect of it sort of goes out the window. Um, so yeah, back to the question. We had a couple of people that have come through um, that are on the spectrum. One of who, when he first started with his, it was a typical really nervous um, teenager just coming out of school, really struggled to do things independently. Um, but we're sort of able to nurture that and teach him those kind of employment skills. And he's now a paramedic. You know, you don't get more sort of high pressure social situations than a paramedic do you because you've got no idea what you're walking into um but he's excelling at that now so that's that's great for him no that's amazing and it's hard to kind of understand you know how do we stop people falling through the gaps in the way that we see so often and which has led to these statistics saying that you know only a fifth of people with autism are in work do you think the onus sits with parents with schools you know how could we make um some real tangible differences to stop this so that we're not seeing so many people struggling to find work who actually could be really amazing people in the workplace in the way that you you have yeah i i don't think in a way there's a sort of the responsibility lies with one person everyone has to do their own little bit and i also don't think it's you know one way is the right way because people on the spectrum it's such a wide spectrum you know for people with autism it can be people that um non-verbal so don't even speak compared to someone who just has a little bit of social anxiety you know one one method or one change isn't going to be um suitable for each type of person so it's just about everyone having maybe a level of awareness and sort of catering to or having a willingness to cater to people's individual needs rather than this is how we do it this is what you've got to do that makes sense yeah and i think that's this true of any kind of formal assessment setting isn't it whether it's taking exams at school going for a job interview any kind of application process really needs to be widened if you want to see people in in their real state because anybody's stuck in you know an exam room or as you say an interview room with people they don't know is, is never going to be who they really are and then that just comes out when you start a job anyway doesn't it exactly yeah so when um i recently did a talk at my old secondary school and a few of my old teachers were still there and they were absolutely gobsmacked that I'm the same Matty Street that they taught, you know, English and science. Um, just because, well, I'm I'm able to stand in front of two, three hundred people and talk about things and you know, just just being able to initially get on that 
career path and work within my passion has sort of grown me massively, which is why it's so important to do everything we can to get other people the same opportunities to do so. Absolutely. And I mean, wow, what an inspirational story you are for any young person with autism or any parent who is perhaps worrying about the future for their young child or their teenager who might be starting to think about where their future might be. Tell us about what your business plans are for this year and uh, and the next couple of years. Um, so this is where people won't necessarily believe. I, I don't really have a plan. <laughs> <laughs> so if you'd asked me when I was in school, did I intend to go to college? I would have said no. When I was at college, if you asked me, do I intend to go to university? I would have said no. At uni, if you asked me, do I intend to own my own business? I would have said no. When I then owned my own business, would you then, if you said, do we intend on having another business? I would have said no. Never mind four of them. Um, so I suppose it's just always when I see an opportunity or something that I'm passionate about, I want to go all in. Um, but what I don't do is sit there and go, right, in two years, we have to hit this. In three years, we have to do this. It's more just, here's a problem. Here's a solution. Let's make it work. Um, but short term, obviously, we've got, um, we're coming out of the next set of COVID-19 restrictions. So um, the indoor track can reopen, um, which we're really lucky um, to be able to do so. Because I know of quite a few friends who have counting tracks that haven't been able to reopen, sadly. So we're really lucky in that respect that we've survived and are able to reopen. Um, we've got XCAT, which was a new business that we launched in the middle of the pandemic last year. Um, that's about to do its first full year of racing. So I'm excited to see how that goes. Um, but aside from that, as of right now, no no massive plans at the minute to do anything new. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot on your plate already. And of course, you've also got um, the season ahead with Team Brit. So you're teaming up with Andy Tucker again in the new, well, the newly built BMW. So um, how do you feel about that? And what do you think the racing season is going to be like ahead for you guys? Yeah, well, well, initially I wasn't going to do as much racing with Team Brit this year, purely just because of my commitments elsewhere. Um but when I saw the car and what you know what they've built and what they were planning to do for this year, I was like, I can't not miss out on that. Um, and obviously, we've done a few test days um, now in the car, and it is absolutely amazing. The team have done such a great job over winter to be able to build it. Um, and I've got no doubt me and Tucker will be pushing each other for the rest of the year to see, you know, see who can come out on top. So I'm really excited for that. Amazing. Yeah, me too. I can't wait to see you all back out on track again after so long away. Um, so finally, Matty, just to go back to the sort of the issue we're covering today, if you could give a message to a young person with autism, with a learning difficulty, with any kind of challenge who might be thinking about how am I going to make the first steps into employment? Can I do this? What advice would you give them and perhaps what you would have wanted to hear yourself when you were in their, in their shoes? So one of the things I sort of go by at the minute is own your own story so what that sort of means is in terms of okay yes I have these struggles yes I'm not very good at this but that's me if that makes sense so yes I have it I can deal with it I have my own aspirations in life and that's you know that's going to be the thing that I want to tell the story about um just because someone says you shouldn't be able to do something doesn't mean you shouldn't there's so many negative misconceptions um, take me for example so um, people say you're not supposed to be very good at eye contact being on the autistic spectrum so to that I say it well it depends who you're looking at um, you say you're not supposed to be very good at understanding sarcasm 
even though I speak that as a second language. And you're not supposed to be very good at speaking in front of people. And, you know, I've sp spoken at events in front of thousands of people. Um, so like I said, just because someone says you shouldn't do something doesn't mean you shouldn't give it a go. Brilliant. I think that's fantastic advice. And, you know, ever since you've uh, joined the team, we've been really lucky to have you and everything that you promote is exactly what our team is all about. So I know Autism Awareness Week is a great time for us to talk about this, but it's certainly something that we'll keep doing because your story is absolutely inspirational for anybody facing challenge of any kind. So thank you very much for sharing it with us. Yeah, no problem. And just on another note, I, that's exactly why I'm so proud to be part of Team Brit. You know, we share the same sort of morals to make motorsport more inclusive. Um, and I couldn't be prouder to be on that mission with you guys too. Brilliant. Oh, thanks, Matty. That's really great to hear. And I hope that hearing this podcast will give other people the inspiration to try stuff in the way that you have. So thank you very much. No problem.